0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Perpetual Chess Podcast. So I am always excited for my guests, but I have to admit, I'm especially excited for this one. Uh, Regular listeners will know I'm not one for um, glowing introductions, but this week's guest is just one of the greatest living writers about chess. Uh, He also was an incredible chess player. He's been top 20 in the world. He's been champion of the Netherlands. But our main focus today is uh, Mr genna sasenko's work as an author he's written two books that have come out recently and uh in the past he's written classics such as russian silhouettes and the world champions i knew but today we're primarily going to be discussing the rise and fall of david bronstein and evildoer half a century of victor Korchnoi, which has just come out uh here in the united states and across the world so uh mr Sosanko, mr Sisenko, thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. So I'm like I said, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, I feel like the chess world is so lucky to have someone who, first of all, lived the experiences that you did with having um G- great access and become being friends with so many chess legends. But then also for that person to be an incredible writer is just a, a great gift. So uh, w- with, with, uh, with all of that praise out of the way, let's dive into the book. So I wanted to start Thank you very much. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. So I wanted to start yep. with evildoer half a century with Victor Korchnoi, And before yep. we get into the meat of the book, could you just tell our listeners a little bit how you initially encountered Mr. Korchnoi?
1: Well, I knew him uh, uh, briefly in in the late fifties, but actually in the sixties. But actually, we met in nineteen seventy when he uh, 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 he asked me to work uh, together uh, uh, in order to prepare to, for preparation for his match against Geller in uh, nineteen seventy and against. Uh, uh, Petroshen, I was second of uh, uh, Victor in uh, um, in his match against uh, uh, Petrosen. Even and in this period, in these two years before I left the Soviet Union, before my immigration to the West, we knew each other uh, very well and uh, we were working well almost daily.
0: Yes, and you you write extensively about this in the book, and there's there's a lot um, to to follow up on from that, but let's start with a uh, chess trainer. So in, in the book, you mentioned that Kortjanovic spoke highly of your abilities as a trainer. Uh, what yeah. what was your strength as a chess trainer? What made you well, a good it's, trainer?
1: Yeah, it, it, it always difficult to, to speak about uh, yourself. But when I was 26, 27, when we met and we actually, and we started to, to work together, I was, uh, mm, uh, well, uh, well, a creator of new ideas in the openings, and uh, Victor knew that because I was working before him with Misha Tau, and uh, uh, he used a couple of my ideas against the matches against uh, Gligorich and uh, against uh, Korshnoi himself. And uh, secondly, I they say that my understanding of the position was very clear, but maybe the most what I uh, remember for myself from that period, I had a very, very good memory. In our days, maybe it's not so important because uh, the, the computer, the programs, they remembers they remember everything and uh, and uh, it's not so uh, important for uh, for for the seconds for the trainers uh, to have such of a uh, uh, well big memory but i remember myself i had it yeah yeah maybe these three points were the main points when uh, victor asked me uh, to work with him
0: Okay so um so you mentioned you're you're having been an emigre from from the USSR to to the west you moved to Holland in in
1: 1972 I moved first to Israel and I've been in Israel for two months and after that I left for the west and uh, well I uh, remember uh, I, and I have still now, the airplane ticket, uh, Amsterdam-Frankfurt-Paris. It was the very first stop in Amsterdam, and since then I'm in Amsterdam.
0: Yes, and and you mention again in the book, um, obviously, our listeners will know that that's a big change, moving from one country to another, but could, could you talk a little bit about... Um, the degree of the change because i think um for for younger listeners it might be hard to to contextualize uh just well uh, yeah that, i understand your question Ben, uh, perfectly it's not a big change it's so
1: enormous a change was particularly in that time because the soviet union was very close society very close before that i never but never i was 29 uh, I turned 29 when I emigrated uh, from the Soviet Union but I never been in uh, abroad um, not in uh, capitalist so called capitalist countries not in uh, the countries of east europe or what they called it in, in in the Soviet Union the uh, socialist countries so for me it was not a big difference it was a difference in all meanings and uh, mm, I I tell you that even for Korchynoi, who played in many countries, in in uh, United States and uh, and in England, in Yugoslavia, in uh, in uh, in Holland, many times. Even for him, when he was forty-five, the difference w- was also uh, tremendous, because uh, enormous, and and because one thing is to be as a representative of the Soviet Union in a tournament in can Z in Holland, for instance, another thing, to be in 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 the West, to live in the West uh, permanently. And uh, in my opinion, uh, the Korchnoi, no, Spassky, uh, n- who, by the way, was uh, living in the West for 40 years, and now he... Return to russia they couldn't never never uh, be uh, make uh, the the regulations the rules the mentality uh, from the west uh, in his life and uh, that 's what i 'm thinking about Victor and about emigration because emigration in in now for the young players, what you mentioned, is uh, just buy a ticket and to fly for, uh, from Moscow to New York, from Moscow to play a game in the Bundesliga in Germany? Mm-hmm. It's a question of uh, flying three hours from Moscow or St. Petersburg to uh, Dortmund, let's say, or to New York for 11 hours. It's a question of time and money, not more than that. In that time we are speaking about 45 years ago, it was a completely different business.
0: Right, and you would also be um, totally cutting off contact with your your friends and family from your prior life. So, yeah. It's...
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, uh, don't forget that uh, we are speaking about time when uh, internet didn't exist, when uh, my uh, letters to, uh, the, to the Soviet Union took uh, at least two weeks and if they got my letters if they were happy to get my letters it was two weeks so it was no connection and and uh, telephone calls first of all were in s- extremely expensive and secondly you could you 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 might wait for hours and hours and hours so it was a completely different world in in all meanings
0: Yes, and if you if you don't mind discussing it, were, you, were your reasons for leaving the Soviet Union, were they primarily political or professional, or is it too hard to... Uh, you,
1: you, no, it's not too hard. I, I uh, More than that, first of all, I was thinking about leaving uh, uh, that country, Soviet Union, because I did like that country, and it was, well, combined, well, you can combine these uh, reasons, uh, what you mentioned. Political well, uh, partly uh, professional, also partly, I just had a feeling it's enough. I like to see the world, and uh, if I don't uh, will do it now, I will forever stay in that countries, in that country because uh, the feeling that the Soviet Union uh, um, is built for, for centuries. It was present uh, for everybody. Nobody could uh, could uh, expect what happened twenty years after that.
0: Right, and for for listeners uh, in in the book about Korchynoy, Mr. Sosanko here des- describes in great detail not just leaving, but the process required to leave. So we'll and like telling Korchynoy about it and stuff like that. So we'll leave that for people when they buy the book and read it. You can enjoy that part, but. Um, Mr. Mr. Sosanko, could you tell us, or Jenna? Sorry, I know you you, you mentioned you prefer to be. Clo- well, I can yeah. Okay, yeah. could you tell us? You, for, you, you forced me to call you, uh, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a fair trade, no, but okay. Well, we can do
1: it. We can do it. Yeah, we can speak also Russian if you prefer, Ben.
0: Oh, nimnoska. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, what was it like professionally to start over in Holland? How, what was like? What were the first steps to to strike as a chess professional in the Netherlands?
1: Very good. It's a good question, yes. I When I left the Soviet Union, I didn't have any points of ELO, not at all. And, and nobody knew my name. And, uh, of course, in a matter of fact, I was uh, stronger than, well, 2300 or 2400. I think I was uh, just about 2400. Uh, but uh, I started to play in Holland in uh, in the Open Tournaments. And I won all of them, but all of them. And and uh, we, uh, uh, Donner and Timon at that time, the best uh, Dutch players, and uh, don't mention the Dutch uh, masters. And I remember the very first uh, tournament in Holland, and really tournament, was a tournament of the best Dutch masters of Hans uh, and uh, Franz Kuypers and uh, and von and all all others and uh, I won all five games. I want all of them and uh, in the matter of fact, I, I was forced to 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 win all 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 games to 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 show uh, to survive if you like and uh, and uh, when I uh, got invitation for uh, the Dutch championship in 1973, I was forced also to win uh, the championship as well. I tied for the first short place in in that time, and I won uh, tie break, and uh, the Soviets, they didn't know how to react to that, and the uh, my mother sent me uh, one of the sport newspapers when it was written that in championship, in the chess championship of Holland in 1973, the first third place was tied by, and mentioned two Dutch names and not mentioned my name. So it's also difficult to understand for youngsters of uh, Uh, our days, how it was in that time. And I have to uh, admit that that feeling that my name was forbidden for printing, for publishing in in the Soviet Union gave me an extra, what I dare say, stimulants or... or, You you understand what I mean? Motivation, that's right. To 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 play and to achieve more and more.
0: That that's incredible, and I and there's so many little details. I mean, you mentioned these incredible achievements you had in the chess tournaments, but I mean, here you were on your own. Uh, Learn? Did you did you speak any Dutch when you lived there? Uh, did you know? Uh, any, did you know anyone there? Like
1: no, no. no, no. Well, only on language. Uh, well, I, I could speak a little bit. Was a French, but, but because I, I learned French at school and university, and and uh, a little. But of course, no practice. And I didn't speak any any language in any Dutch. And I learned Dutch from the kids of uh, of the uh, uh, publisher of the hug one of the chess uh, type uh, chess uh, magazines in 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 Holland in in uh, while well, I was staying in his home and was writing for for that um, magazine so I learned uh, Dutch and uh, unfortunately English also only by listening and uh, and well that's all
0: Well, I mean, it's incredible that you've you've managed. I'm sure you speak Dutch well, too. But and now you speak English so well and to have not picked it up.
1: Well, my Dutch is, of course, is much better than my English because, while I make a lot of mistakes in English. I I admit it and I understand it perfectly. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So you wrote in the book that leaving the USSR for good strengthened your character and gave you the right outlook on life. Um, Could you elaborate a little bit on on how it did that?
1: Say it again, please. Uh, uh,
0: you wrote in the book that leaving the USSR for good strengthened your character and that it gave you the right yes. the right outlook yes. on life. So I was just curious, yes. like, what sort of outlook you got from that whole experience?
1: All right. Um, well, uh, the the Soviet Union in, in 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 that time and old times was a country when you uh, had to follow what the state. Uh, 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 says to you, to to orders you, and uh, in when I uh, 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 became a, a citizen of Holland, of citizen of the world, if you like, I myself and only me had to decide what to do, how to do, and not only in the terms of accepting invitation, playing simultaneously, but no, to well, my life was depends of myself. And I remember that in 1973, when I was staying a couple of weeks in, 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 in Amsterdam, one of the uh, uh, people I knew that I uh, asked me, would you like to, to maybe to work as a, a teacher of Russian for the students for the for the, for the students who finished their, their their studies at the university and instead of one year to go to army they studied of the study russian the language of the well eventually uh, enemy and to be a a, a, a teacher uh this courses or, or whatever. I said, of course, of course, because I didn't really know what to do. I uh, was not uh, absolutely sure that I will be a chess player. What chess player? whom chess player? And I said, okay. And I remember that in 1973, uh, before I won the Dutch, my very first Dutch championship, the colonel, colonel Janssen called me a Dutchman, and uh, spoke uh, with me a long time. And he said, "You know, I have seen your biography, and 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 uh, your was written by yourself. And uh, uh, somebody will be retired, and we would like to have you as a teacher. And so it was." A possibility for me to turn my life completely different direction, and this kind of possibilities uh, I had in 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 the West uh, not one time, and, and definitely, if I accept his invitation, in, and I remember he told me, you understand, if you are working for us, your naturalization, you you're getting the Dutch passport will be much easier and you will understand that all medicars all other things um, will be um, well don't speak about uh, your uh, salary will be uh, much higher than you earned it now as a a, a chess player and actually he asked me what it means to be a a chess player and I remember very well what I I answered I, I told him uh, Mr. um uh, thank you very much for your uh, kind words, but, uh, you know, somehow uh, the my hobby uh, became a profession now, and uh, so I will follow uh, my way. And a uh, couple of years, uh, uh, f- maybe in 2015, when I looked at my old... Uh, visit cards and and introduction cards, and I've seen the card of Colonel Jansen. I couldn't, I couldn't remember uh, how uh, I just and then I remember this conversation from 45 years ago. And definitely, if I accepted that time uh, this um, invitation, I, uh, I I could be completely another person and uh, which another i don't know better or worse i don't know only one thing i know we will never get this conversation and this interview with you hmm. ben. if you know what i mean right
0: yes yeah right. so so i'm certainly glad things worked out the way they did um and i'm amazed how well you remember all these details it was very clear in in your writing as well It's just like so many details from so long ago and and just hearing you speak about the experience of uh of um immigrating yeah, that,
1: that's what we that what we started with namely uh, my memory from that time and uh, some parts of the memory maybe i have still now
0: so do you, are you a journaler did you take notes or do you just remember the events uh,
1: uh Well, uh, it's a good question. Well, I started to make notes uh, actually when I decided to to write about David Bronstein because the the conversations we had. It was not actually uh, conversations. It was uh, mostly. Big monologues of himself mm-hmm. with just a couple of you know remarks of uh man like uh really uh david, oh yes oh yeah, so he and then i i I, I think uh if I will not make notes, it will be gone forever and uh, actually uh the the at that time, I think it was very first. Uh, years after Perestroika I'm speaking about 1992 1993 1994 and so on when I started to make notes uh, during our his monologues if you like or our conversations
0: yeah, and that brings to mind another question. In the Bronstein book, which we'll discuss a little bit later, you mention in the book that that he he basically knew that you would be writing about him, and sometimes he would allude to it. But in, in the Korchenoi book, it wasn't as clear to me. So do you think, I mean, as a, a well-known chess writer, do you think that uh, that Grandmaster Korchenoi also had a sense that you would be writing about your experiences with him?
1: Oh, um, uh, Bronstein... We never spoke about about it, but he read my 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 books and he understood in the in in nature of my questions that I will be right about him. I do not know if David will be happy with uh, with the book I wrote about him. I do not know uh, because I tried to explain uh, his uh, motives, his. Uh, uh, uh temper, his uh, uh, Jewishness, if you like, his, well, tremendous talent, uh, uh, and so on, and so on, and uh, mm, mm, that's one thing. Uh, so we never spoke about uh, uh, the fact that I will ever uh, write uh, about him, but actually I'm uh, almost sure that uh, deep in his soul, He understood that I will do it. Uh, Korchnoi knew for sure that I will do it, and uh, we spoke directly, or not directly, many times about about it. More than that, in one of the uh, books he uh, uh, gave me, he wrote that... uh, 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 for Geno for the Nestor of uh, our chess world, and uh, uh, from one of the persons whom he definitely will be hmm. right uh, in um, uh, the future. It was uh, just a couple of... Uh, uh, no, no. It was in 1990... Uh, 90, uh, it was in, in in the year when he turned 90... Uh, sorry, in 80, and uh, it was in uh, uh, 2011, it was in Zurich, and he, he gave me um, his book. Another time, I remember that, uh, also typical Victor, uh, it was the chess Olympiad in Bled in, uh, 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 in Slovenia, and uh, I was a captain of Dutch team, and he was playing for uh, Switzerland. And uh, he, um, um, uh, m- 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 it was a match when when he didn't play, and uh, he said, uh, "I would like that to 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 speak with you." And uh, I came to the to the match of uh, of uh, Holland against. Uh, I can't remember who, which country, and he came to my room and uh, first what he said, because you executor of my will, I would like to tell you something. And this uh, term, executor of my will, he used um, a couple of other times, but in that time I was uh, well, actually, uh, uh, very upset. I was uh, uh, waiting what Victor will tell me something, well, a big secret, mm. something especially something so important in his life that uh, uh, he, only him knew that, and uh, uh, well, I was just silent. And he said, come to the chess board and uh, sit down, please, he said. Look at the position. In this position, and he showed me a variation which is, uh, in his opinion, was very playable and not so uh, bad how it was uh, in the old chess books written about this variation. That's so the executive of... Uh, his uh, his will was, in his opinion, also, you know, everything was, uh, mm, uh, well, in his eyes, was, uh, uh, went through the chess. You know, chess was mu- much more important than all other secrets, all other happenings in, in, in his life. Well, I was not so, maybe... Clear in my explanation, but uh, your next question, what was chess in his life ben yes <laughs>
0: no, it is because you well, uh, I was, yeah. one of the questions I had brainstormed was <laughs> you mentioned like especially towards his later years, you mentioned how his his other interests kind of fell by the wayside, and that even in into his seventies when he was still competing regularly all he yeah. all he thought about was chess, and I was wondering as someone who who um knew so many legendary chess players Were th- was there anyone else like that or was he kind of um, unique no, in-
1: no no he was unique he was unique and you said what what other interests in interests in his life but chess I dare say uh, of course well he was a normal person and when he was young well uh, well he was playing cards uh, girls and women and and uh, afterwards well family, his son, but the distance between the very first place uh, <laughs> in his life, chess, and all others uh, uh, interests, were so tremendous, and and uh, mm, I can n- not uh, to comp- compare anybody uh, with uh, uh, Victor Korchnoi from the past. And uh, even Tal, for whom chess was uh, a, well a lot, a lot, but he, for him was also uh, many other interests in 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 life. But uh, uh, from the past, I can't uh, compare uh, Victor with nobody from our times only with uh, Vasily Ivanchuk, for whom chess as uh, well uh, is uh, also uh, number one and everything in in his life why is it so i do not know but it's uh, i i well well we, we are coming in 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 in, in uh, well if we have to uh, look at his uh, i mean i'm speaking now about korshnoi in his childhood in in city uh, of uh, um, Leningrad and of uh, uh, all of his uh, Soviet uh um uh, upbringing and education and about about his uh, uh, gene, uh, genes um, and, uh and gene, uh yeah and about uh, uh well about everything but uh, anyway that I did n- not know anybody uh, in the chess world for whom chess uh, meant meant uh, uh, so uh, much as uh, for uh, victor korsnoy and uh, you know that even during the 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 our uh, uh dinners even during our walkings even during um, the, Well, conversation about uh, anything else, sometimes he looked at me and uh, I understood that he was thinking about the variation of the position which stopped to analyze and so on and so on. I I think that's that's, uh, also one of the uh, explanations uh, of his, well, big chess career, big successes, is uh, that he was thinking permanently about chess and you can compare uh, him with, uh, uh, let's say, uh, G.P. Morgan when he was asked the secret of his wealth, he simply replied that he thought incessantly about money day and night Hmm. and about nothing else and uh, which of course I thought incessantly about chess. So, yeah, so... and and of, of of you 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 can compare it with uh, Bill Shankly, the legendary manager of Liverpool, that he said um, uh, he was asked what somebody said footballs a matter of life and death to you, is it correct? And he said, listen, it's more important. <laughs> Right. It's more important it was that, that, that. And uh, what it was also said that uh, if Liverpool weren't playing, he would go to watch their, uh, uh side rivals, Everton. If they weren't playing either, he would head to Manchester and so on and so on. So if uh, he was not playing chess uh, tournaments, I'm speaking about Victor, he was uh, analyzing, studying, and so on and so on. And I remember I spoke with uh, one of uh, his friends uh, from his childhood, from Leningrad, from 1947, when Victor was only uh, 16 and the guy uh, came uh, to him and uh, to ask him uh, to analyze together an, uh, an join position. And after three hours, when the guy was completely exhausting, and he said, thank you very much, Victor, now I'm going home. He said, what? Hmm. We didn't look even at half of the variations (laughs) in this position. Okay, it's your business, it's your position. So he was ready to analyze further and further and further. And of course, together with his tremendous talent and terribly will, uh, to win the game, and uh, that was one of the main uh, reasons of his tremendous uh, successes.
0: Okay, well, there's there's so much. I just want to add a little detail to about all those uh, incredible, uh, the, all those stories and uh, details you you just shared. One of them is um. Uh, for listeners who haven't uh, read Gena's work, you can see why he's such a great writer. I mean, he's pulling in soccer references, J.P. Morgan quotes. So unlike Korchenoi, you can see that he's a, a well-read individual with, uh, you know, able to draw on a lot of things in his writing. And following up on the Ivanchuk point, I found that interesting as the person that you had mentioned, because he, of course, famously missed the Olympiad in 2016 because of a droughts tournament. That that doesn't strike me as uh, something that Korchenoi would have done.
1: No, no, that's a good that's a good question. Well, in this case, in the case of Ivanchuk, my explanation is that he uh, feels himself a little bit uncomfortable with the young players because, well, he will turn uh, 50 uh, just in half an year. And uh, by the way, today is 18. In six days' time... Uh, 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 Boris Gelfand will turn uh, 50, so Ivanchuk will be 50, and, well, he's in one uh, uh, team with young guys, and he's not um, uh, uh, Vasily Vasya, uh, uh, a young uh, boy, uh, well, he feels himself like a young boy, I I suppose. But the young, uh, um, his colleagues from the team, uh, for, um, for them, uh, Vasily is uh, Vasily Mikhailovich, and that, And I, my explanation is that he feels uh, him himself a little bit uncomfortable in this situation. And as, as, as far as I know, and as far as I remember, and I remember very well, that Vladimir Tukmakov who was the captain of Ukrainian team for the previous Olympiads, he told me that Vasily came never to the meetings of the team and, uh, well, he spoke with him separately or he will be played next day or not. So, um, I think that's the explanation of, of why Vasily didn't play um the very last Olympiad and as far as I know in uh, um ninety seven days time when the Olympiad in Batumi will start Vasily Ivanchuk is in the in the team of Ukraine and uh but we are a little bit far from our ears, from
0: Bronstein and from Korchnoi Ben. Yes, yes, we are. Although, like you, I'm counting the days to the Olympiad. <laughs> well, to to, right. to tie it back to Korchnoi, you you mm-hmm. mentioned in the book uh, Ivanchuk and Goko both had a chance to study with Korchnoy when when those two were younger men and that they were just blown away by the experience. Um, do, you, do you have any detail? I mean you already told that one story of just uh, Korchnoy's work ethic where after three hours he's just getting warmed up but so what was it that was so impressive for these young players about working with um, with Grandmaster Korchnoi?
1: Uh, I spoke with Gelfand about it and, and about what, how and well Akhmatov impressed you and how did you work with him? He said, first of all, it's a passion, passion for for chess, and you could uh, you could feel it. This this passion that even in the what 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 I write about it, um, uh, uh, even the solution of the position was founded and 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 and, and um, they understand that in this position is they can stop and make a conclusion that uh white is uh, better the plans are clear and uh, and uh, um, uh, to start to analyze another position so it could happen with uh, uh, anybody but kochnoi then he start Shall we t- to start to, to 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 say? Shall we start to analyze this position from another point? Because there are another plans in this position, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> as far as I know, uh, only Paul Kerris uh, who loves chess also tremendously, and um, uh, he also analyzed to to in, in the same way. So. After founding one truth, I dare say, he started to found to try to found another possibility and another possibility and another possibility and that was typical for victor so um, the the young uh, uh, players uh, the representatives for young generation uh, Gelfand, uh, Ivanchuk and others they were they were very impressed by this uh um, the, the, this uh, the way of um, analyzing. So the, the, it was not a way that you're looking, you watch, and 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 uh, you know. And now, now it's now it's quarter to seven. It's to uh, it's a right time to stop to to have a dinner to <laughs> to to look at uh, at uh, soccer match Belgium against. Uh, the panama which is now almost finished by the way but it's another nice question and, <laughs> and 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 so on and so on you know he was completely in the analysis in the chess and this passion and this obsession if you like they they, they 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 could feel it and that's uh that was very typical for victor and what 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 what, what i am writing in 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 the book that uh, three times champion of the United States, Leif Albert and Yasser Seyrovan, when they started to to work together with uh, Korchnoi, Albert was 34, Yasser was 21, and uh, Albert uh, said that we were working uh, by turns with uh, Korchnoi. First me a couple of hours, then Yasser a couple of hours, then again me. Again, uh, uh, and so on, and so on. But Korchnoi was working and analyzing an engine of chess permanently. Hmm. <laughs> That's and a- he was, it was 1980, so uh, Korchnoi was about uh, um, 1980, 50. He was 50.
0: What? Yeah okay well first of all as a world cup fan i want to i want to thank you for for being willing to to record this great interview during uh the panama match as you alluded to and getting back to (laughs) corchenoy i feel like in a few in a few minutes we should move on to bronstein but i feel like we've we fleshed out the one major character trait of Korchnoi as a chess player which is just his incredible work ethic and love for chess but right. it, we wouldn't be uh, doing we wouldn't be giving him a proper treatment if we also didn't talk especially in his later years about sort of he his personality was known to be a bit prickly i mean he could uh, people had great experiences with him, but I know that when he passed, there were friends of mine who've gotten to play him who started sharing uh, stories on Facebook about uh, things he said after after a game that were a bit um, a bit n- not sportsmanlike, let's say. So, uh, do you have any stories, like favorite stories of uh, of of that vein about um, his his competitive spirit and uh, how he interacted, what, how he dealt with losing?
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, actually, the story I introduced to Chess Walt uh, about uh, um, 25 years ago when Misha Tal died, and uh, I uh, like this story uh, very much, and it's also typical Victor, and this is a story which was told uh, my, uh, to me by uh, Misha Tal, and it's a story about... Uh, uh the chess olympiad in in on cuba in 19 Havana in 1966 and after the uh, olympiad the uh, grandmasters were asked to play uh, simultaneous exhibitions to some uh, uh well to well on 2025 20, boss can't remember and uh, before Victor's uh, uh simultaneous exhibition he was asked you know what Victor the Che Guevara, he he Mm -hmm. loves chess so much. Please, if you will make a draw with him, he will be uh, really very, 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 very happy. And uh, by the way, um, uh, Korchnoi played, uh, Che Guevara played against Korchnoi three times in the simultaneous exhibitions. And uh, uh, and, uh, well, Misha told me that, well, uh, he was a witness of this uh, conversation and I said something. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. We will see, we will see, we will see. Okay, okay. Remember, 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 yeah. And uh, and uh, um, uh, when, well, a couple of hours uh, later, when he uh, uh, he came back uh, and returned to the hotel uh, the same evening, he was in great mood and uh, Tal asked him, and? I stuff them, all of them. <laughs> Nobody could ever draw with me. And you know, what about Che? Uh, you know, you remember Victor Che Guevara? Uh, che Guevara. I stuff him too. He doesn't have a clue how to play the catalog. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: and just... that's what I like, also, also. And uh, you know, when I. I I I told this story Victor uh, to Victor um, himself. Well, he laughed and he said, "Well, I can't remember how it was literally. Very possible, very possible. Said, hmm. Very,
0: yeah." That's great. Yeah, that was one of my favorite stories from the book. It's it's just hilarious, uh, and really uh, really shines a light on uh, uh, Mr. Courtenay's personality. Um, so. I think we should move on to to Grandmaster Bronstein, but just a quick plug in between and i'll be doing this again so listeners, you get the picture you you need to you need to buy and enjoy these books i mean there's there's really the, we're really just uh scratching the surface of uh, everything that's covered in these books but uh we do need to to move forward to grandmaster bronstein so what was uh what was your initial encounter with him? How did you get to know David Bronstein?
1: yeah david uh, well uh, again well i uh, before my immigration from the Soviet Union. Well, act- actually, we, we said hello to each other in, on some um, championships of, uh, of the Soviet Union, of uh, uh, some tournaments, maybe a couple of wars, but not more than that. And uh, I met him first in Hastings in 1975 and 1976. Uh, Korchnoi, Bronstein and Taimanov came to, uh, uh, to Hastings to play uh, Hastings and, and uh, it was in that time a really very strong tournament of 16 players and, and, and so on and Bronstein was among them. And uh, mm, I spoke very often with uh, uh, Bronstein and again, if uh, me or anybody else uh, um, uh, will uh, say I spoke with uh, Bronstein. Hmm. It's it's not completely correctly. It was a very long uh, dialogue of uh, of uh, uh, Bronstein himself, and uh, and uh, with uh, just a couple of remarks of <laughs> myself of of, of 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 anybody. He was a, a teller of stories and not a, a listener. At that time, he represented, of course, the uh, Soviet Union. and uh, um, But we, in, in in Hastings, it was not a chief delegation and not a KGB man. And uh, so he was more or less uh, um, open for, uh, for, for conversation. However, when I asked him at that time, would you like, David, to, to write a book of Solzhenitsyn, because the Gulag Archipel was published just a couple of months before I left for Holland to England, he said, No, 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 I, I know everything what your Solzhenitsyn wrote. I, Because my father was a Gulag and I know from um, anything, no, 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 no. And he was um, a little bit afraid of uh, that. And uh, actually, I uh, start to know and to start to really speak with uh, him and to contact him after the perestroika. After 1991, when he uh, um, was free to leave uh, Soviet Union when, and then Russia, when he liked to, and when he was a couple of years was living in Spain, Belgium, Uh, He was also in Holland a couple of months, and I met him regularly, and we spoke uh, regularly. And uh, when I came to Moscow, I was many times in his um, home near the chess club on Gogolovsky Boulevard in Moscow, and we spoke of this and of that. And uh, uh, what I mentioned already, I make uh, notes of his uh, conversation Rather than I, uh, um, I had the color to um, uh, to use a cassette recorder, uh, dictaphone, and uh, because he somehow he didn't like, he preferred so to speak uh, freely about this and about that, and uh, um, actually uh, a week before uh, he died. Uh, maybe two weeks, I spoke uh, with him on phone. Uh, he was in Minsk uh, where he spent uh, last years of his uh, life. Uh, you know, of course, that he was married with the daughter of Borislavsky, his colleague and his friend, who came from uh, Belarus And uh, so that actually uh, uh i knew him very well after he's uh, after uh time
0: okay and um you you paint a very vivid picture of grandmaster bronstein in the book and you mentioned his uh proclivity for for talking um with without necessarily it being a two way conversation. Uh but you also talk a lot about one of the, the great what ifs in chess history, his match with Botvinnik. Um could you give our listeners just a little taste of uh the impact that this famous um defeat had on him?
1: Uh no, no, first of all first of all he was a uh, really uh, um a genius uh of chess. Yes. And uh, to combine uh, two heroes, uh, Viktor Korsnoy and uh, Derek Bronstein, I remember that once I asked uh, Viktor about Bronstein, and uh, I asked uh, him, Victor, um, you remember Bronstein from the 50s? Could you um, say, uh, could you call him? genius genius he said well, no no could could he call him an outstanding uh, player and then he said he was a genius and what a genius a genius is somebody is ahead of his time and bronze was far ahead of his time if botwinik said that bronze was very very strong when he was the opening was making and transition to the middle game then that is a very weak statement In reality, at that point in the game, Bronstein demonstrated many ideas that were complete relevations. That's the sign of a genius. He understood the game better than anyone from 1945 through 1951. And, you know, Ben, what this quotation of uh, um, Korchnoi with such of, well, compliments and uh, such of high quality of somebody also very remarkable, uh, particularly from Korchnoi, uh, about Bronstein. And it speaks for itself. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's uh, typical for, for that time. And when uh, uh, Petrosian said that uh, the young players think that the theory of chess started with Informator, that is Yugoslavian uh, mm, theory book of all games from the, let's say, end of the last century. We, the generation of 40s and 50s and 60s, we, we know that the theory, modern chess theory, started from David Bronstein. And also uh, mm, this quotation from Petrosan also, also says, a lot of the role of uh, genius of uh, uh, David uh, Bronstein. Well, his match against Botwinik, it's uh, it's uh, well, it's uh, just uh, a special story and uh, uh, well, I'm writing in, 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 in the book about uh, David that he's uh, um, in his uh, uh, permanently ideas that uh, uh, what do you think? I uh, didn't see the the move whom I make could make a draw in this twenty third game. Uh, do you think so? I didn't see that move. Do you? And uh, uh, and he permanently came back uh, to this uh, idea. It was uh, a, a part of 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 truth that uh, that that uh, the somewhere in his soul. He didn't want to 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 win this uh, game, and uh, I uh, well, I, I I I think sometimes what how the chess history will could be uh, if Bronstein won uh, that uh, match bit uh, Botvinnik and Bronstein will be the world champion for the next three years, and who knows maybe for another three years, and so on, and so on. Now, first of all, the the uh, life of Bronstein himself, uh, it uh, will, will, will change uh, en- enormously. I'm sure they, it was 1951, they uh, will force him to be a member of Communist Party. They will force him to make some state statements about this terrible American, I'm sorry but uh, imperialists, <laughs> and so on, and so on, and so on, and they will change his mind um, anyway, uh, if he will resist it or not. But not only that, the chess history will be uh, completely different. How different? I don't know, but it's uh, only hypothetical questions, of course.
0: Right. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, because as you talk about in the book, he had sort of a a victim's mentality from that point onward. And if he were the world champion, you know, maybe that maybe he would have carried himself differently and and been able to to carry that momentum forward and utilize all the talent that that you spoke about. Um, Very possible.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree, agree. Yeah. But, but
0: and I like the quote from the book where, where you quoted Bronstein saying that it cost him two titles. Uh, not yeah. not winning the world champion cost him the title of champion and ex-champion, which ex-champion. is also, yeah, which is yeah. also obviously uh, well, quite a title in its own right.
1: Yeah, also typical, you know, typical sentence of Bronstein, a little bit sophisticated, a little bit tricky, a little bit, well, very typical for, 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 for him while I'm speaking about his losing of his title of the world champion and ex world champion. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it's, it's, a, it's a, by the way there's a difference between uh, uh, um uh, Bramstein and Tau. When Tau lost his rematch against Butwin, he said well 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 uh maybe it's also not not so not so not so bad. I will be the most ex World champion of the world in the chess history, and David said, "Well, you know, I, I lost two titles uh, this, and 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 actually uh, uh, David Bronstein uh, proved to be Tal's uh, uh, precursor. That's that's a for uh, forerunner. That's uh, that's." Uh, mm, uh, f- mm, uh, well, the 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 Tal, uh, the the phenomenon of Tal, would be impossible without, uh, without uh, David Bronstein, without his games, without, without his ideas, without his, uh, uh, well, uh, all uh, Bronstein as a chess player and and personality, uh, 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 well, it was a fundament for. For creating of tal uh, style. And uh, don't forget that the King's Indian, the opening, which in, uh, for the West masters and grandmasters, was, was just uh, very suspicious of uh, even more than that, not correct at all, was introduced by David Bronstein. And uh, 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 however, uh, the, when he was dying and after the stroke, and when his wife asked him just to control, to check his memory, uh, "What is your name? What is uh, the name of Botwinik?" and he called him Misha, well, hmm. just a short name which he never did, and on the question. Who played the King's India best in the world? He said Geller. Hmm. And, uh, uh, however, he he knew very well that he was a creator of uh, this opening. And Geller and all other uh, Soviet grandmasters, Leonid Stein and others, they learned how to play how to manage the King's Indian Hmm. defense from living ground state.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, I haven't, I, I, the book is more about his life. it's not um a collection of games, but it definitely inspired me as a you know okay chess player, but not nothing incredible i haven't done the the deep dive that his games deserve, so that's something i'd like to do um and He was also known as a chess writer uh and um again here on the podcast our our listeners love chess books and they're always looking for recommendations and of course, one that's come up many times is uh nineteen fifty three but of course yeah. you are. Uh, you You provide some detail that hadn't been provided elsewhere about zurich nineteen fifty three um for which uh for which Bronstein has the byline could you uh discuss what what he said about that book
1: well uh he he said uh a couple of times to me, if you're right, don't forget i hate that book I hate <laughs> that book because it's it's not mine it's uh, Weinstein, my second and my mentor. Uh, told shall we write the beautiful book about uh, Zurich Tournament, uh, Devik, and actually he wrote uh, all, uh, well, a literal part of the book, and I, uh, myself, only gave a couple of uh, analyzes and so on. I think, in my opinion, that uh, it's a kind of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, in French, coqueterie, of um, Bronstein. You understand what I mean?
0: Uh, I don't.
1: No. Uh, Well, he was a coquette uh, in French. A coquette. uh, Oh, right.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. A little bit. Kidding a little bit, sort
1: of. Yeah, pretty. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that, well, he hated that book, but he, mm, uh, the connection somehow with Weinstein maybe uh, he didn't like uh, uh, he didn't like that um, okay I will compare one thing that that uh, um, you know that that uh, uh, Conan Doyle he didn't like the questions about Sherlock Holmes hmm. and he said always what what is speaking about I am the author not only for Sherlock Holmes, and he mentioned the 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 the, the books he wrote, but no, nobody know already that books. More than that, uh, nobody knew at that time that books which uh, uh, Conan Doyle uh, uh, looked as his better books than 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 uh, Sherlock Holmes. Comparing with uh, with uh, David mm-hmm. Bronstein, he didn't like. The all questions and all compliments of uh, the, his book uh, of uh, Turk tournament uh, because he, of the same feeling. Uh, I dare say namely I'm not only the author of that book I'm also author of all other books and I'm also a big philosopher and I'm also a big chess player and these feelings what in my opinion was also very clear uh, presented when he said I hated the book
0: but so <laughs> that's interesting, and it does shed some light into to his uh, unique personality. To to put it diplomatically, well,
1: I, I, well, I, well, absolutely unique in in, in all meanings of, of of the world. You know what, Botwinik was creation of the all things of his Jewishness, of his Soviet, you know, existence of of his uh, friendship. With the colonel of KGB and and who was his mentor, he was he was creation of the fact that his father was in Gulag. He was a creation of he of all details complexes, which was very typical for the Soviet era, and and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, all uh, David Bronstein, and the fact that uh, in nineteen ninety one he got finally the freedom. It was very dangerous freedom for him because for somebody who was all his life was thinking about and, and he was afraid of, about this and about that and don't say that and don't say that and suddenly he was an half a dissident, of dissident only at home and suddenly he could do, say, everything what you like to. And uh, believe me, And we started with uh, the uh, phenomenon of emigration, And his phenomenon was even more difficult for him uh, in the first place. And, uh, and uh, it created even more uh, complexes in his life. One for one example, in uh, in uh, um, uh, in the open tournament in in uh, uh, mm, uh, in London. Um, don't uh, I can't remember now. What I said? Well, I have a memory. I can't remember the open tournament in in London in nineties. The name of the sponsor and uh, um, just well, no, I can't remember. Uh, 90s, it was, uh, the, in London was every year very strong, uh, tournament. doesn't matter. He was playing every, um, uh, he was uh, playing uh, uh, many times, and, uh, and uh, before the game, he put the flag of Russia on uh, his board. And uh, uh, um, uh, on his table, I mean, uh, n- near his board, and uh, uh, um, and also the Russian flag was uh, on his uh, 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 suit coat, and uh, uh, so it's how he hated this uh, regime. He hated uh, what happened afterwards, and still it's a combination of patriotism and combination of uh, of, of other feelings uh, to um, Soviet Union, then then to Russia. But also, you know, a kind of him, of a complicated uh, person, which was uh, David Branson.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things I wanted to follow up on, both from the book and from what you've been mentioning. One was the, the sort of overhang of the KGB in, in the Soviet Union. So f- could you try to give our listeners a sense of, of what that was like? I mean, obviously, this is a topic that goes way beyond chess, but what was their relation to the, the chess world? With the KGB? Yeah. Uh,
1: KGB was, was, maybe still is, Uh, Under Hmm. another name, uh, the main power in the um, in the Soviet Union. And uh, uh, by the way, I am uh, writing about KGB and chess.
0: Oh, that's great news! Chess
1: school, chess school, uh, Russian, Soviet chess school, and relations, actually your question uh, in my uh, new book which will be published uh, uh, this year about Vasily Smyslov uh, because in, uh, in, in the year 2001 uh, 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 David Bronstein published in 64 the Russian Chess uh, Magazine an open letter to uh, Smyslov Vasily Vasilievich, uh, would you like to tell us about fixing games in Zurich tournament? And he told a couple of stories about it. What I'm writing about uh, everything, and then and then the uh, uh, answer uh, in the next uh, uh, magazine uh, of Smyslov um, about. Uh, how it was, and how Bronstein was self uh, got a lot of uh, a lot of benefits from the from the Soviets, and so on, and so on. And then uh, the the uh, um, uh, Bronstein uh, uh, writes in his open letter that uh, the KGB man who was speaking with him before the game against uh, Smyslov he was, who was leading in the tournament and Bronstein had uh, white pieces against uh, Smyslov and the uh, chief of KGB uh, delegation uh, spoke with Bronstein and told him, uh, now David, now you have to make, uh, the, you must make a draw against uh, uh, Smyslov because Smyslov fighting Against uh, well f- fighting for the winning of this tournament, and he was fighting against not uh, somebody but this American. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but okay. <laughs> And 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 uh, so in that time time and uh, uh, like now, uh, by the, by the way, to uh, be an AM- American. Uh, meant it it was the meaning of automatically uh, to fighting against the enemy and uh, and when Bronstein said but you know I have white uh, he said to the chief of uh, the delegation KGB man uh, named Morshantsev Morshantsev he said I have white and I uh, I have Chances uh, myself if I will beat uh, Smyslov, and then uh, this guy Marchionov said, "Listen, do you really think we came to here to play chess? <laughs> to play chess? Do you think really? And actually, that is the well quintessence of the of the chess." Uh, uh, in the Soviet Union and the and the relations between well, KGB or in large meaning KGB plus, uh, um, plus the state uh, central committee of the Communist Party, chess, like everything in the Soviet Union was of a, a political a part of uh, all uh, big agitprop uh, agitation and propaganda for the best uh, a way of living, the Soviet way of living.
0: So, did the I gather the game was a draw, <laughs>
1: and 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 the game was a draw, and uh, and uh, uh, Bronstein writes also about conversation between uh, between the same Morshantsev and Bondarevsky, by the way, who was also in this. Uh, uh, delegation and uh, they um, tried to uh, to uh, say the same things to keris you make made uh, you, you must make draw to to Smislov with white pieces by the way and because uh, Smyslov who was who was by the way leading in the tournament and uh, and with one one and a half point difference with Uh, sometimes with Ryshevsky, sometimes with uh, 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 Keris of Bronstein, but he was leading, and he was playing very well, uh, Smyslov. And uh, when Morshansov told uh, Keris, now you have uh, Paul Petrovich, you have to make a draw with Smyslov, he said no. And he tried many hours to uh, to tell him, no, that's your duty, and so on. Keris said no, he refused, and when he came to play to to, to his game to um, Smyslov, Smyslov was, uh, Keris was very upset, you can imagine, that the, the, the people um, they tried to, to, to force you to make a, a draw, and uh, so your uh, brains not in not in on the weak pawns and kings uh, attack or or somewhere else and and uh, he created a, a very bizarre attack uh, against Mislov and uh, he lost carries uh, so that uh, yeah it, it 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 it's actually uh, nobody nobody forced. Uh, to uh number 4 to lose to smyslov but they tried to create the best chances chances for him in uh, in a candidate tournament in uh, in uh, zurich and uh, uh actually bronstein published this uh everything in in the year 2001 uh Almost an, uh, half a century after that uh, uh, that uh, that tournament. Yeah.
0: Wow. Those are those are great great stories. Uh, if not if not uplifting. So do you think that basically. Every tournament, the KGB, every tournament where top level Soviet players were playing, the KGB had a hand in, or only things sort of the stature no, of the candidates? No,
1: no, 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 no not, not KGB. Well, I mean that with all Olympiads, all European championships, all uh, uh, world championships, the chief of the delegation was always a KGB man and everybody knew that, and uh, um, uh, before every round was a meeting of the team, and they discussed it because this KGB man was not, not a big chess player, not at all, on the contrary, it was not necessary for him, maybe he couldn't even play chess, but he knew very well that tomorrow is uh, 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 Karpov is playing against United States of America, it was on the Olympiad on Malta. On the very first board uh, for United States uh, is Lev Albert, an, an, uh, a defector from the Soviet Union. And uh, Anatoly must not uh, shake the hand with the traitor, with the renegade, um, uh, v- v- with the... And so on and so on. And this kind of business was disgusted. And 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 I'm writing in, in uh, that in again um, about uh, this methods of uh, the Soviets. It was a routine methods. It was not not on the KGB, but um, imagine that the chess in the Soviet Union was a part, very important part of. Agitation, very important part of propaganda, and in the in uh, in the United States, uh, well, chess federation it's a chess organization, not more than that, but in the Soviet Union it was a kind of very 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 important part of uh, Soviet life, and uh, the 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 part of the the. Central Committee of the Communist Party was responsible for this. And uh, not only shaking hands, but uh, what to do with another people who left uh, Soviet Union uh, legally, like Sosonko. Mm-hmm. Shall, we, could we, shall we speak with Sosonko? Or, or he is also half traitor. And this kind of business, this kind of questions, and uh, mm, again, uh, mm, uh, it was also uh, very important that uh, mm, uh, the question, boys, tomorrow we are playing, again, I'm very sorry, Ben, again, United <laughs> States of America. And it's more than important match. Fatherland is looking at you. And we expect, you understand, we are expecting from you, only God, we have to be these Yankees. We have to be these buzzers. And it was, it was, well, I'm not, you know, it's not a, well, it was, and I'm afraid still. (laughs) Okay.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. I feel yeah. like uh, our listeners quiet,
1: quiet, quiet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Our listeners will now yeah. have. A, I mean, yeah. it's it's so hard to for I think younger listeners and people in the United States to imagine what it must have been like because it just, as you said, it it hung over everything, and of course, it impacted Soviet players, but also impacted the the their competition. Uh, I, I, I,
1: give, I give you another example. Another example: 1953, a tournament in Bucharest, in Romania. And it's the very first international tournament for Boris Spassky, who, is almost, who just turned 16. And uh, uh, in that tournament was playing not only Spassky, it was playing uh, many uh, Soviet grandmasters. Smyslov, Tolush, Borislavsky, Petrosyan, maybe somebody else, maybe somebody else, I can't remember, maybe only five. And uh, in the beginning of the tournament, the, uh, by the way, there was the tournament when, when Spassky became international master. At in that time, the title of the international master was something special. It was well like, and the winner of the pianist payone, payone, uh, conco, musical concours, and uh, and was, uh, and and Boris became international master, and uh, and uh, they started the tournament. Uh, He started the tournament, Spassky, was beating Smyslov, and Smyslov was beating Tološ, Tološ was beating Petrosian, and in the very, this moment, told Boris, uh, me once, they got a telegram, a cable, from from Moscow. Don't, well, please stop this rubbish. Please don't. Beat each other, <laughs> only draws with each other, that's order. <laughs> and Spassky, Spassky uh, admitted, for me, was it uh, very good because I had to play against Petrosian. I had to play against uh, a uh, top grandmasters, and I was only a boy. And they make draws against me, and I beat before Smyslov already. So I make only profit from from this, uh, you know, cable from from uh, from Moscow. Well, it's just of uh, example of uh, of well, many many others which uh, was in solitaire.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I I wish. I- I'm sure, I'm sure you have many more stories that, that I would love to hear, but I want to be respectful of your time. So I just have, I think, one more question on Bronstein and then a couple general uh, if, if you're up for it. It's okay. Okay. So with Bronstein, you mentioned in the book that he had an incredible memory. He just remembered games from like 30, 40 years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. So how unique was that to him as compared to the other top chess players that you, you spent time with?
1: Tal remembered very well. I don't think that Korshnoi was. Sometimes he even asked me, or even during, did I play that? Did well, No, I no, no. But um, Bronstein was unique, but not particularly unique, uh, while well among our other other players, no. Well, he he got very very good memory, and uh, I like to say that well, more than chess memory, he was a memory of. Uh, of, of uh elephant who remembers every everybody who tried to to uh, to uh, make him uh, uh, angry mm-hmm. or to 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 give him well i became a little bit uh, um, tired so i can't i can't find this english word whom uh, um yeah create him yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah like a list of uh people yeah. who criticized him yeah
1: yeah, yeah. exactly okay exactly. Yeah. yes exactly criticized. yeah that's right yeah
0: mm-hmm. okay well we'll we'll leave it there with uh with david bronstein but again I, I i encourage listeners to read this book it's not it's not uplifting i mean it's uh it's an incredible detail on an, a, a genius of chess but uh but yeah he was um he was uh not, not happy in his older days, and that was uh, when you spent a lot of time with him, but just a, a great piece of chess history and a very enjoyable read. Um, so, uh, again, and just to finish up, if we could talk a little bit uh, more broadly about um, the the chess world and uh, your, your experience. So one question I always like to ask about um, is favorite chess books. So do you have any uh, present company – Excluding yourself, do you have any favorite books involved? Oh, yeah,
1: that's definitely the best. And then, <laughs> bro, well,
0: I agree. I will,
1: I will write, yeah, I will write yeah. now, you know, that's about Smyslov and about these stories about what chess, Soviet chess school. It's all, all of all of that. Yeah, okay, no, no, yeah. But my, my favorite chess book, uh, that, uh, it's a chess book, uh, I'm afraid, unknown in the West, and it was also favorite chess book of... Uh, Misha Tau, and that is the chess book um, almost for beginners uh, of his trainer and also good friend of mine is uh, Alexander Koblenz. And uh, 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 he was the very first trainer of uh, Misha Tau and uh, a very bright personality and he wrote a book uh, uh, School of Chess which was published in Riga in his hometown and, uh, and published very well a hardcover, and, and, and big diagrams and very clear explanation and uh, explanations. And, and, and I liked this book very much and I was very uh, very glad when I uh, somewhere, uh, somewhere I have seen that uh, Tao said it's also my favorite book, Alexander Koblenz, actually uh, Chesco.
0: Okay. That's, that's one that we have not heard before. So I know we have some listeners. If you're a chess fan, a lot of our listeners, I mean, just by accident, have, have picked up a little Russian or at least willing to wade into Russian books. So I'm sure, sure. I'm sure a few people will be scouring the internet trying to find this book. Um, yeah. So... Uh, one last question you mentioned the olympiad uh countdown you're looking forward to that and of course we have the world championship later this year um do you do you still manage to uh to follow modern chess uh closely
1: oh yes oh yes yes i follow all all big tournaments and 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 uh, um, you know what uh, speaking between us, Ben, mm-hmm. I have to I have to admit that when I will get this the the chess magazines, I got actually two, namely New in Chess and uh, and '64 uh, Russian. I rather than the articles about uh, tournaments which are finished, let's say, uh, one month ago, or uh, the other articles. I try to to solve the 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 tasks made in two made in three, right. or they, they found the best move and 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 try to find the best move that's what i'm thinking maybe it's uh, it's uh, well typical for the chess players in age, so they're getting like children you know they huh. when when they in the times when they started to play chess and to start at to, to, to but i i i'm I'm from all tournaments and i'm i will be also i hope to be in the olympiad in in uh, in batumi in three uh, months time uh, well and so on yeah well yeah what they asked me they asked me by the way uh uh to come in two days time. To Minsk, uh, it will be uh, a record tournament memorial of Viktor Kupreichik, who died uh, two years ago. Unfortunately, I, I cannot. But uh, so that's so. Uh, I'm somehow I'm uh, involved in the chess world, and uh, our days is uh, not so uh, difficult uh, compared with uh, old times, because you can follow online everything, you can speak and discuss with your friends, colleagues, this of that chess topics. So I'm following that. Yeah,
0: good. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're that you're following it and that you're managing like that you'll get to go to the Olympiad and uh, events like that. So um, I just, I just in closing, I just want to thank you again. This has been an incredible privilege for me, and I think uh, again our, our listeners will love to hear all these stories. And please, listeners, you you must support this man. Please buy these books; you won't regret it. They're they're great reads, and and we can't wait for the Smislav book either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It will be soon, and 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 by the same uh, by the same uh, uh, publishing house, Elk and Ruby, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this will be this year.
0: Yes, and, uh, and just yeah. thanks to Elon Rubin, since you mentioned it, uh, publisher of uh, Elk and Ruby. Thanks so much for arranging this. Um, they've they've got so many great chess books. So um, really appreciate that you're that he's helping make sure that uh, these books get seen and read. Yeah. Okay, well, Mr. Sasenko, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you if you ever want to come on and tell more stories, you would obviously be wel- <laughs> you would obviously be welcome. But for now, we'll let you get back to the World Cup and uh, relaxing and uh, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me, and bye bye.
0: The new Perpetual Chess theme music is courtesy of Geert Vandervelt Special shout-out to him. I also want to thank everyone who supports the podcast. That includes people who tell their friends about it, people who write positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, and most of all, those who have donated to support the show. I spend about five hours a week on each episode, and even though I love doing it, it can be hard to find the time. Without the support of my Patreon and PayPal Perpetual Chess partners, the show would not be possible. They are... Adam Ralph, Adam Vrancoolge, Adrian Gutierrez, Andres Chris Dois, I hope I did okay there, Andres on your name. Alex Pejas, Chris Wainscott, Chad Hilton, Chris Lott, Christopher Wood, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Chris Flanagan, Daniel Naylor, Daniel Schaefer, Gary Andrews, Greg Shahadi, James Banastia, Jason Dunbar, Jennifer Valens, Jeffrey Martello, John Fernandez, Jen Shahadi, Jens Green, Jerry Wells, John Thompson, Johnny McMenamin Kelly Palmer, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Lorraine Dore, Matthew Passi, Macaulay Peterson, Matthew Tedesco, Pascal Charbonneau, Paul Sweeney, Peter Lux, Peter Merrifield, Randy Tempo, Ricky Grijalva, Rob Lazorchak, Robert Steiner, Tatia Abrahamian, Thomas Sonics, Thomas Tachenko, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Todd Bryant, Tony Rotello, Victor Vrenkul, Zhao Cheng, and Zivko Stoyanov. Thanks a lot, everyone. I'll be back next week with another great...